The final edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighbourhoods and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. Hi, I'm Jeff Chrysler. And I'm Tony Hedra. And this is the final edition Radio Hour. Tony, should we share the news? Yeah, let's. Okay, everyone, we're putting together an album. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, we're going to really push the envelope up the ass of the ruling class with this one. Go not just too far, but further than man has ever ventured into truly nuclear satire. To quote George Carlin, this album will be preparation H-bomb for the .001% and their corporate catabites. Tony, not that harsh. We've got to be practical. Okay, we need a commercial hit badly. No, Jeff, you corporatist weasel. We need to stand up for what's not stand up. Soft detumescent comedy central satire financed by Sumner Redstone leads directly to Ted Cruz. Tony, this is not the time and the place. You can't use foul language or scary ideas or fear tactics in this. Look, folks, no matter where you sit on the political speculum, this album will get right up your nose and rot your septum and blow your sinuses to the Oort cloud. This album will bury right and left alike in a snowmageddon of ridicule. Tony. Don't talk to me about PC Tony. this or un-PC that. Tony. This album will be an Tony. unsafe space Look, for you... trigger warnings and Look, safe spaces. Just shut the fuck up, you inbred immigrant. Fuck! I, I'm a citizen now, Jeff, just like you. I have the right to freedom of speech. You, not so much. Jeff? This is... The final edition radio hour. Man on the street. The Iowa caucus has come and gone, forcing three Republican candidates out of the race: Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee, and Rand Paul. The final edition asks the man on the street, "What do you think?" Why wasn't Santorum forced to carry his campaign to full term? So. Who's God talking to now? When's Obama going to drop out of the race? Hey, Mike Huckabee, don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. Because he would think that was an abomination. Well, it's nice. Rand Paul can go back to doing what he does best. Blinding people in Kentucky. Santorum was running for president? No more Santorum, huh? I guess the froth doesn't rise to the top. I wonder if Huckabee will blame Jesus for the loss. Jesus hates Huckabee. I wasn't so sure about Rand Paul, but I did enjoy his wife's fish sticks. Santorum? Damn near killed him. Rick Santorum up the ass. Mike Huckabee didn't quit. Chris Christie ate him. They all got schlonged. The Iowa Democratic Party's caucus guide states, where two or more preference groups are tied, a coin shall be tossed to determine who loses the delegate. We bring you now to Ames County, where results are at a dead heat. (gasps) Hillary! Bernie? So, it's come to this! Sure looks that way. You want to toss a coin for it again? You know, how about we mix things up a little? Rock, paper, scissors? One, two... Three. Ah! Rock, beat, scissors! Yes! At last! Best of three. Oh, no way! You're just saying that because I won! Well, you can't have won because I wasn't really playing yet. Was two! Was not. I'm sticking with the coin toss. Oh, come on! Let's switch it up! You won the last five coin tosses? So, statistically speaking, you have nothing to worry about. Still! Oh, okay then. How about this? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe. My mother says that you are not it. Oh, hey, look at that. I won. No fair. Was too fair. Was not. Looks like we're back to the coin toss. Oh, all right. Great. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. Oh, Welcome back to the 88th Academy Awards. We now come to the Oscar for Best Actor in a Leading Role. And 
We want to pause here and talk about how important actors really are. In certain circumstances, whether it's on the street, in a studio, or in the office, having an actor nearby can mean the difference between life and death. Before movies were invented, life was fleeting. Back in the 1880s, average life expectancy was 13 years old. Most people were also only about four feet tall. Then came actors. They began scouring neighborhoods looking for lost children, then copied their mannerisms to use in commercial callbacks. In the age of the Internet, actors began seeking examples of injustice, then tweeting about them. They tweet, and they tweet, and they tweet until the job is done. They find videos about animal abuse, then post them everywhere. Thereby saving countless future animals. Somehow, they tell us when they got bumped on an airline flight. Or when they encountered rude customer service. Or whenever some other common problem finally happens to them. But most of all, they study the craft of acting, much like you might study to be a veterinarian or a pipe fitter. Then they try to make a living at it, much as you do. That's why we put together a three-hour primetime show of actors speaking at great length about other actors. The doctor who spotted your wife's infection and saved your unborn child? He's not nominated. That special ed teacher who taught a profoundly disabled man to go to the bathroom by himself? Who cares? The Nobel Prize winners who brought peace to Tunisia? There's no prize for that. Well, there was a prize, of course, but nobody watches that show. No, you're watching this show, in which the nominees for Best Actor in a Leading Role are... A man who pretended to have gender identity issues. Some guy who acted like Steve Jobs for two hours. That actor who always gets nominated but never wins, and it's kind of a running joke. That one guy from Breaking Bad. And Matt Damon, for some reason, which is nice, but he's not going to win. And the winner is... Oh my god, it's that special ed teacher who taught a grown man to go to the bathroom. Oh, poor Matt Damon. Last year, we at the final edition introduced our listeners to Rent-A-Baby. The only place where you, a single 40-plus-year-old woman with few prospects, can rent a baby for an afternoon. Huh? Come on, you remember. We're Rent-A-Baby. Don't you want to hold a baby, smell a baby, rock that baby while he or she snuggles right in and... ah. Makes you feel you're needed and capable and human in some small, finite, rentable way. Oh, yeah. I remember now. But my, was it expensive. Which is why, for a limited time only, we are offering discounted babies. Rent a discounted baby? That's right. Our stockroom is currently filled with babies containing Zika. And lead poisoning, which means they are significantly less expensive. But they're black. Which is very trendy. Just ask Angelina Jolie, Sandra Bullock, or Madonna. All seen sporting the black baby. But aren't they mentally challenged? We like to call it liability-free. Drop it on its head. No problem. Damage is already done. So there's no extra charge. Exactly. What if we lose it or forget to return? Just one less thing for the government to worry about. Rent a discounted baby today. Because what's bad for a baby is good for your wallet. Sponsored by the governor of Michigan. And now, the final edition radio hour is proud to present a new hip-hop crew straight out of Dalton. I'm a rich kid on Snapchat. I eat pizza off my iPad. Selfie on my bed with my cash stack. Ain't nothing you could do about that. Yo, I'm a rich kid on Snapchat. Just hanging out at my rad pad. Use hundreds as my bath mat. Ain't nothing you could do about that. Got a penthouse in Manhattan that I call my home. Got an iWatch, iPad, new iPhone. In this new world, I'm the new king. I'm 15 and I'm styling. Yo, I wanted a yacht, but my daddy bought a car. Then I lost the keys in the Mandarin spa. So the low down, Lambo's downtown. It got towed round to the car pound. But it's sundown. Party countdown, and I'm in town, so I'm just gonna leave it there. I got other cars, I really don't give a shit. 
Yo, I'm a rich kid on Snapchat, tearing through life like a wildcat. I'm a new breed of wrist crat. Ain't nothing you can do about that. Yo, I'm a rich kid on Snapchat, flashing cash made by my granddad. Selfie with my jet like a nomad. Ain't nothing you can do about that. Got a pool, got a boat, got a vintage mink coat. If I want cash, me or daddy buys me a goat. I'm a badass with a free pass. I got mad class, crystals my glass. Shift your sad ass as I walk past. Haters say, say no, but I say yes. Boom! You nailed it. Totally. I'm bored. Want to eat sushi off a hooker? You know, for irony? Yeah! yeah. Sushi! Gonna get my sushi on in the his house. For me, she. The final edition radio hour will be right back, just like your cancer. Welcome back to the final edition radio humpback. A scandal has hit the Bernie Sanders campaign after video emerged of Sanders more than 40 years ago starring in a pornographic movie. The 1973 One Reeler was called Vermont Me, You Vixen, billed as, quote, the film that leaves you screwed, blued, and Jude. Sanders was characteristically forthright talking to reporters about the film. I insisted my female co-stars make the same pay I did, and I made sure even the fluffer got health care. In the movie, Sanders went by the show business name Rock Hard, but see if you can spot a young Bernie Sanders finding his voice in this clip. I am so here in Vermont, real maple syrup no longer satisfies me. Who could that be? Hello, I have come to deliver your pizza, and although you and I have never met and perhaps have basic areas of disagreement on sex positions and doing anal, we might have common ground in our mutual horniness and our desire to reform the corporate tax system. And maybe, just maybe, we can bang. Oh, baby, if I take out my giant titties and muss your hair, do you promise never to comb it for the rest of your life? I will make and keep that promise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, keep your okay. sweater on. Oh, yeah. I have come, and now I must make you come equally. Could this film torpedo Sanders' campaign? It's up to the voters. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, here I go. Oh. I am experiencing enormous pleasure from this encounter. Free health care? Oh, yes. <laughs> this condom was free. It is government issued. How many times has this happened to you when leaving a voice message? Hey there, it's me. Um, it, it, things are date, so I'll meet you outside. Uh, smiley face. I, I mean, smiley face with tongue hanging out. No, no, wait. Uh, smile, face blowing a heart kiss thing. Oh, too much. Damn it! You try to use an emoji, but then you remember, this is a voice message. You cannot express yourself. Well, now you can with new audio emojis, the amazing emojis that you hear instead of see. Audio emojis include audio versions of all your favorite emojis. Kissy face. Crying face. Middle finger. Pile of poop. And more. You'll never be at a loss for words or sounds again. Hey, it's me. I gotta work late. Miss you. You can even leave voice messages that are all audio emoji. Hi, it's me. New audio emojis. You never sounded better. Hi, I'm Susie Neverwet for the Final Edition Radio Hour. I'm here in Kensington Palace in London for the very first live interview with that blonde bombshell of toddlers, Prince Charming, George of Cambridge, and his lovely little fairy tale sister, Princess Charlotte. Hey, you. Get on with it. I'm sick of holding this bag of poo. I am not a bag of poo. You wet your bed. Georgie wets his bed. Georgie wets his bed. Shut up, you tosser. You can't even grow teeth. 
You're a fucking gummer. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, I want for Christmas in my two front teeth. Oh, that's so cute. Mum says you look like Dad. He's a retard. I love you little royals playfully teasing each other. What are you doing here anyway? Don't you yank cunts hate royalty? Oh, no, no, no. We love the gilded fairy tale life of the British royals. What about my great, 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 great grandpa George III? Well, now he was a tyrant. You were horrible to George III. And he was mental, poor sod. You're mental, bloody gummer. <laughs> when I'm George VII, I'm going to get you, yank fuckers, for what you did to my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa. That is so sweet and loyal. You must love your great-to-the-power-of-five-grandpa so much. Um, but what does that mean, get you fuckers? Crush you. Bomb you. Get our colonies back. Wow. So you're not going to be a figurehead king. You'll be a real ruler. That's what Mum says to Dad. A prince is just a prince. But, but a, a ruler's ruler, 12, 12 inches. <laughs> well, that's, uh, <clears throat> very nice. <laughs> Princess Charlotte, don't you just love having a big, strong brother? I'm going to kick his fucking bollocks through his teeth as soon as I can stand up. I can walk. I know. You're a big boy now. What is the bestest thing about being able to walk? I can see up Pippa's skirt. Oh, <laughs> uh, how sweet. That's so sweet. Auntie Pippa doesn't wear undies. You can see her big airy twat. Uh, Prince George, I'm told you can swim now. Her twat looks like Biggles. Who's Biggles? Biggles is all soft and furry. Biggles is an... Animal? Nah, fucking clam, you gormless cow. Biggles is our pussy. Biggles is my pussy. One day, I'm going to bonk, Pippa. What's bonking? You know, bonking. Like my Uncle Harry bonks the nanny. They get on the settee and squash each other really hard. Squash, 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 squash. Sometimes he has a drink from her chest, like I did with Mum. She doesn't do that anymore. I really miss those fat pink nipples. <laughs> wow. Prince George, do you know what they're actually doing on the settee? They're fucking bonking. I want a bonk. Like Grandpa bonks the lady horse. Like Great Grandpa bonks the corgi. Well, I guess um, bonking is a grand tradition among the royals of the family Windsor. Well, your high chair highness, do you have any cute little final words for us Americans? I can see Pippa's twat. Or soft and furry. Good night, sweet prince and princess. Go, Go bonk, bonk yourself. We asked some people how they felt about America. A lot of people don't understand my deep commitment to this country. You see all these flags on my property? They mean freedom. I raise a flag at dawn every morning, just like I learned in the Boy Scouts. This is America. This is who I am. Unless the next president is Hillary, in which case I'm moving to Thailand. A guy can get what he wants in Thailand. America is the land of my father and my father's father, and my father's father's father. But not my father's father's mother, actually, and, and not my mother's father, who's from Denmark. And as a matter of fact, if I had to choose another country besides America, and I probably do because I can't find a job here, so if I had to go anywhere, it would be Denmark. Which, yeah, I'm totally going to do. This house is America. Your house is America. House next door, though, they're not America. Are they from another country? Nah, I just don't like them. They're from Boston. I don't like people from Boston. I'd say, rough estimate, maybe 65% of America isn't America. I'm thinking of seceding. America. For now. Uh, 
And now it's time for another episode of The Sympathetic Tourist. Oh, honey, isn't Paris beautiful? I can't believe we're actually here, vacationing in a deluxe hotel just four blocks away from the Eiffel Tower. My dream come true. Yeah, honey, pretty neat, huh? The hotels and restaurants are practically deserted. It's almost like we have them all to ourselves. Well, I guess that's because of those terrorist attacks and everything, you know. A lot of people cancel their vacation plans. Paris is pretty empty now. I really feel for them. Me too, honey. They must be hurting. But look at them. Everything's open. They're so brave. No terror attacks are going to get in the way of business as usual here, sweetie. I admire their courage. Oh, look, here comes the waiter. Bienvenue. As-tu décidé? Oui. Je voudrais une omelette de blanc d'oeuf avec du fromage, s'il vous plaît. Pardon? Uh, omelette de blanc d'oeuf. Egg whites? Egg whites? Eh, hmm? uh, egg whites. Uh, uh, omelette made with, with, just with egg whites. No, no yolk. Pardon? Jambon? L'omelette jambon. D'accord. No, 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 no ham. No, no. Sans, sans jambon. He's smirking, honey. Eh, ah, d'accord. Et vous? No, 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 no. Don't take her order yet. I, I just, I just, I just want an omelette. Sans jambon. No ham. No ham, please. Uh, pardon, quoi? Oh, come on. You, you know what that means. It's right here in this guidebook. And, the, and this one here. And, and this book of helpful French phrases for restaurants, too. See? Omelette de blanc d'oeuf. See? Uh, jambon d'accord. No! Not ham! Just not a ham omelette. You're smirking. Why are you smirking? Eh, pardon. Désolé, monsieur. Lardon? No, not bacon. I know what lardon means. Bacon. I don't want bacon. No bacon! Two hours later. Look, even I know what the hell this means. See? Egg whites. Egg whites! For God's sakes. Cholesterol? Hear of it much here? All you fucking people eat here is white bread and ham! Oh, bien. Le pain blanc de jambon. Et vous, madame? Honey, he just said you ordered white bread and ham. I know what he fucking just fucking said! I've had it! Honey, what are you doing with that gun? You have a gun. This is for Vietnam! Oh, Akbar! I just wanted egg whites! Two hours later. Where's our check? Why can't they just bring us the damn check? We're done eating. We've been sitting here for God knows how long. Everybody's just standing around doing nothing. Look at the manager. He never does anything. Just stands there watching the assistant manager. Who just stands there watching the waiters. What the fuck? Honey, the Rodin Museum closes in 30 minutes. Excusez-moi, l'addition, s'il vous plaît. Hmm? Uh, pardon? The, the check, the total. Please, j'ai fini. L'édition? Oui, l'édition. L'édition, s'il vous plaît. Le check. Le check. Uh, pardon, l'édition? Oui, l'édition. Édition. Sion? Yes, Sion. L'édition. The check. The check. Oh, you want the check? Yeah. You knew what the hell I was saying all along. That's it. Honey, where'd you get all those explosive devices? I made them out of ham and egg yolks. Allah Akbar! Honey, he's still smirking. Join us next week when the sympathetic tourist tries to get a simple fucking answer from some rude prick behind the counter at the fucking French post office and gets sent to the corner bakery instead? Fuck! Welcome back to the Final Edition Radio Hour. Here at the Final Edition, we love to highlight the different ways which satire and humor can be used to expose the hypocrisy and idiocy and greed and corruption and just general evilness in the world. One of the ways is obviously how we use this show to do sketches as opposed to just crying about the events of the day and the trends in the universe. Another way is through storytelling. We are proud now to play an excerpt from a new storytelling show produced by 
our wonderful co-producing partner, Jeff Chrysler. That's me. It's called Political Tale. Just had a first show at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Uh, we had Ted Rawl and John Fugel sang, myself and others. And it's uh, about to get a small sponsorship. It's going to take off. It's an opportunity to hear stories about how politics and how the evil of the world affects us personally. It was a great night, and we're looking forward to many more. Following is a story as told by my co-producing partner, co-producer of The Political Tale Show, Harmon Leon, who's a writer for Vice magazine and has done a bunch of work as an infiltrator and was even on a sketch comedy show with O.J. Simpson. So take a listen, enjoy, and after this we'll be back for our final segment of the Final Edition Radio Hour. Let's hear for Jeff and everyone you've seen tonight. Thank you. So uh, as Jeff was saying, uh, uh, I'm a journalist by day, and my shtick is to go undercover into the worst places in America in order to stand up for the underdog. Clap, 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 And, of course, stick it to the man. Bigger claps, bigger claps, bigger claps. Thank you. Thank you. In, in my illustrious career, I have infiltrated everything from white supremacist hate groups. Yeah, that sounds kind of scary. Who try to recruit me of all places at Applebee's. No, 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 no. I, I don't know if that says anything about white supremacists, but that says something about Applebee's. Even people that hate love Applebee's. I mean, have you tried their jalapeno poppers? Even white supremacists think they're off the hook. To my recent infiltration, I infiltrated a Christian stand-up comedy convention. Thank you very much. In Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. And, and they, actually, they actually had a Christian stand-up comedy competition. And, and I have one question for you nice people. What has two thumbs and won the Christian stand-up comedy competition with a bunch of Jesus jokes he wrote on a napkin in his hotel room the night before? That's right. Jewy McJew from Brooklyn. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I went there to infiltrate it. I actually won their stand-up comedy competition. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sweet victory, isn't it? <laughs> with, with jokes like this. Jokes like this. Uh, oh, hi. Hey. Um, I used to play in a Christian punk band. We were called the No Sex Before Marriage Pistols. Za-za-za. Za-za-za-za. Za-za-za-za-za-za-za-za-za. I have an atheist friend, an atheist friend. The only problem is I don't believe he exists. Za-za-za-za. Za-za-za-za-za-za. Come from a religious family. A religious family. My parents named my brother a name right from the Bible. That's right. My parents named my brother lepers. Za-za-za-za-za-za-za. So that point... That point, mute, uh, they'll lead into this story. Uh, the whole point is I go to the worst places in America, and then I end up doing uh, performance pieces about it. Because long ago, I succumbed to the fact that comedians that actually try to make their audiences laugh are complete fucking sellouts. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, with that in mind, uh, i like to take you to probably, this was probably the worst place in, in America that I've been. I've got fish sticks, screams Dad, who unintentionally looks like a funny cartoon character with matching red hat and shirt. The kids are out back wildly jumping on the trampoline in a backyard that looks like something pulled out of the Brady Bunch or Full House. Come and get your fish sticks, shrieks of delight. The kids come running hyperactively inside, ready to get energized for their regular Saturday afternoon family picket. Do you want some fish sticks? Says dad with a kindly smile. No, I say, because this has got to be the most uncomfortable situation I've ever been in. Meanwhile, mom's on the telephone in the living room, deep in the middle of a brainstorming session. Occasionally, she lets out a loud cackle. Popping my head around the corner, she's giggling like a schoolgirl flirting with her science class boyfriend. Cops die and God laughs, snickers mom. That's good. That's really, really good. More smiles, more cackles, more laughing. When finished, mom excitedly explains, 
There's a dead cop in Baltimore. Three of us are going to go pick at his funeral. Because in the Bible, hun, they say a three-fold cord is always the strongest. Okay, I say, pointing to a large, colorful sign that says, Thank God for dead cops. How do you think this will go over? Mom breaks into a big laugh. Oh, they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it at all, says Mom, better known to the rest of the world as Shirley Phelps, head of the infamous Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas. Shirley and the Phelps family have opened up their home to me so I can get a firsthand tainted taste of their utopian American dream. So if you're not familiar with the Westboro Baptist Church, they're the most hated of all hate groups. To put it in perspective, even the Ku Klux Klan hates the Westboro Baptist Church. It was started by an old guy named Fred Phelps. They call him Gramps. Not, 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 not a kindly old guy like Wilford Brimley from the movie Cocoon. Not, not that type of old guy. More like an old guy who might strangle kittens while reciting Bible verses. Old guy. Shirley and her subtly named picket group. Did I mention subtly named picket group? God hates fags have had everything thrown at them from rocks and eggs to bags of urine. Lately, infuriated people have driven cars directly at them. But that's not going to stop Shirley in her pursuit of the American dream. Do you know what I'm going to pack, hun? A step stool, she says, gleaming like the ugly girl at the dance, happy she's now getting all the attention. With growing confidence, if a guy shows up there with a gun, do you know what's going to happen? That gun's going to backfire. Why? Because the Lord is on our side, hon. Okay, I say, shifting from foot to foot. And if the gun doesn't backfire without hesitation, then he'll deliver us. We momentarily break into an uncomfortable silence as little kids squeal from the kitchen and I contemplate career choices. (laughs) Dad breaks the stony silence with one final question. Last chance for fish sticks? Okay, 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 okay. does does, Does it make me a bad person if I eat fish sticks with cult members of an extreme hate group? I don't think that's a reflection on me. I think that's a reflection on fish sticks. They're delicious at any occasion. (laughs) What's here for fish sticks, people? Yeah! (laughs) With fish sticks finished, little kids pile in the back of the family minivan. Everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. Everyone's smiling. Kids with curly, tousled hair, looking like they're straight out of a Fruit Roll-Ups commercial, all excited for their regular Saturday afternoon family outing. You, you guys look playing giddy back there, I say to a trio of teenage girls giggling like sorority sisters on their way to spring break. Yeah, says the wild-eyed one. How many people get to be the mouthpiece for their Lord? We're we're the luckiest people on earth. (laughs) But today, we're not going to pick at a soldier's funeral. Today, we have bigger fish sticks to fry. There's an entertainer who's in town performing, says Shirley. We're going to go pick at the entertainer's performance. An entertainer performing picket oh yeah really who larry the cable guy says shirley from the blue collar comedy tour what you mean get her done i say repeating the comedian's beloved catchphrase i i am playing bat shittily confused (laughs) so many questions are racing through my head is, is, is it because Larry the Cable Guy is gay? Or, 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 or is it because the Westboro Baptist Church doesn't find Larry the Cable Guy funny? Shirley thinks for a moment, then breaks into a big smile. Well, he's got some funny stuff. 
okay then. Why go pick at his stand-up comedy show? Shirley gets somber. Larry, the cable guy, has a pulpit. And Larry, the cable guy, could be using that pulpit to preach about the Lord. Okay, okay. Shirley Phelps and I aren't on the same page about many, 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 things, this being one of them. Friday night, the Topeka Arts Center, Larry the Cable Guy. Stand-up comedy fans slowly trickle in with big smiles on their faces, ready for an evening of stand-up comedy. And here comes the Westboro Baptist Church, ready to shit in everyone's pool. Cars pull up. Little kids come piling out. They come running out of breath with joys of childhood plastered across their faces. The tiny tights jockey for colorful signs like there are candy-filled burst hate pinatas. A little chubby red-haired girl grabs a sign she clearly can't comprehend that says, Fags are worthy of death. Little confused Jonah grabs a sign that says, Pope in hell. Dad lets out a kindly little chuckle. Sweetie, you don't want the Pope in hell sign. This isn't a Catholic church, but I want it! He whines. Dad calms him down by handing him a sign that says, Thank God for dead soldiers. As the Phelps family of all shapes and sizes careens down the block and breaks into a rousing chorus of their song parody, This is Fagland. The tiniest join in with the most vigor, swaying their heads like it were the Tickle Me Elmo song. The chubby red-haired girl actually jumps while singing. She's just that. Happy. After someone drives by and screams, Fuck off, dumbasses! I asked little Jonah, What's your favorite thing about picketing with your family? I I like it when people drive by and yell things, because I like yelling back at them, The truth! Then, without benefit of a segue... Have you seen the movie Brokeback Mountain? It's a sick and disgusting movie. My mom told me all about it. Hey, Jonah, says Dad, can I have a word with you? And with that, my little Migos whisked away in fear he might say something to make his family look stupid. (laughs) Still, few honks, few flip-offs, seldom, so seldom, does someone drive by and scream, Assholes! It's as if the Westboro Baptist Church is blended into the Zapika backdrop like kitschy, absurdist theater, except without the irony. <laughs> after, after you've been here for over 10 years, people are kind of over themselves, says Shirley, with a hint of disappointment. We stand there in stony silence until finally, thank God finally, someone drives by and screams, Fuck off, morons! Shirley breaks into a big smile, jumps into action, retorts the heckle with, Obey your Bible, sir! Boom! Drop the mic, he's been served. <laughs> As we begin to back up, there's one final confrontation. A kindly man wearing a get-her-done t-shirt comes over, gets down on one knee, and addresses the children. You see, kids, listen to me. There's a whole world out there not filled with hate. The kids just look plain confused. He puts his attention directly on the little Jonah. You see, young man, listen. You Hating people is wrong. Code red, screams Shirley, as the adult members of God hates fags and circle the children. You can't talk to those kids like that. Have you been drinking, sir? You got drinky breath. He's got drinky breath. Back in the minivan, Shirley makes several references to the Roman chapter of the Bible. When finished, I ask her, so, so where, where do you think your whole American dream will be ten years from now? Ten years from now, that's optimistic, hun. This won't be going on ten years from now. 
True, more and more family members are rapidly leaving the church. Gramps is dead. Locals are less phased by their antics. It's as if the Westboro Baptist Church's cruel and twisted message has been silenced by an outraged and disgusted America. And besides, the world, according to Shirley, is coming to an end. Ten years from now, we'll have the Red Sea in front of us and the Romans at our back, says Shirley with a glint in her eye. And, and, and if, if, if someone happens to take out before then, I say, let me get this straight. Would that be God's will? Exactly, says Shirley. True, because remember, in the world of the Westboro Baptist Church, Jesus always hates you. So come and get your fish sticks. Thank you very much. The Final Edition Radio Hour will be right back. I'm Tony Hendro. And I'm Jeff Chrysler. And we want to talk to you about the hardcore satire we do on the Final Edition Radio Hour. It's not just satire, Tony. It's parody, ridicule, caricature, lampoon, burlesque, banter, mockery, spoofs. Oh, I guess, and it's also pastiche, pasquinade, with some persiflage and raillery thrown in. The Final Edition is a big tent, Tony. We do satire. Satire hurts. All that other stuff just tickles. Jonathan Swift once said a little satire goes a long way. No, he didn't. That was Aristophanes. Actually, it was David Brooks. We do satire because satire can bring down empires. Oh, right, like Colbert's satire of Bush at the White House Correspondence Dinner ended the war in Iraq. You're just being a bitch, man. What we do on the Final Edition Radio Hour is make the good people laugh any which way. Do you disagree, Tony? No, I guess not. Okay, so listen to... The The Final Final Edition Edition Radio Hour. You're looking for love, but you still can't find that perfect someone. Well, if you've tried all the other dating services, maybe the problem is you. Hi, I'm Larry Lesnick, founder and president of Larry Lesnick's Dating Service. I started this company with a simple idea. To lower people's expectations. Make them... By force, if necessary, drop those visions of perfect romance that are frankly killing them and help them get together with that special someone with whom they can eventually start sharing utility bills. Whether you're gay or straight, black or white, you're welcome to drop by our offices where one of our trained counselors will take you to a private consulting space and tell you to grow the fuck up. Les Nick's dating service introduced me to uh, Carol in, um, I don't know, I guess he called it an encounter room. It's, um, it's a storage area. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there were, there were boxes. Anyway, the counselor said, you know, this is, this is Carol, uh, you're not going to do any better. And I guess we, uh, we went from there. Yeah, we've been together for... What, um, has it been a year? Has it? Uh, let me... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 One year. Exactly. Yeah. With our thorough background checks at Larry Lesnick's dating, I make you this guarantee. He won't beat you. So, drop by Larry Lesnick's Dating Service. That's Larry Lesnick's Dating. When you're ready to fall in like. And now, an OK Cupid tragic romance. Dear Green Eyed Girl 297. Your profile says you like travel, wine, and yoga, that you are a foodie, that you are as comfortable in jeans as in a little black dress, that you love watching Downton Abbey, reading David Sedaris, and listening to NPR. How strange and rare you are, like an orchid that sprouts through the rocks. May we meet some night under a mystery sky and dance to the music of madness. I am free Mondays and Thursdays, though not this particular Thursday, but most Thursdays. 
Dear Brooklyn Al 23, your profile is unfathomable. That you have no typical Friday night. That you love all music except rap and country. That you work hard, yet play harder. And that you spent the first two paragraphs in your profile saying how bad you are at writing about yourself. You are an exotic and fond foolish man with the heart of a god. Mondays and Thursdays aren't good. Wednesday nights are okay, except I'm out of town this week for a conference. How's next week? Green-eyed, last night I saw you in a dream, the way you looked in the third photo in your profile, the picture from 2007. You stood on a hilltop like the star of an Irish myth, with storm winds streaming out your hair, then turned to me and spoke but a single word, Inspiratio. Next week sucks. It's this whole stupid, complicated thing, but basically I've got to be in my apartment every night to wait for the guy from Time Warner. Uh, the Friday after? Darling, green-eyed girl 297, I have not heard from you, and grow concerned. Have I offended? Do you languish? I fear for what we hold between us. Silence still. So it is done. We have lost what was never found. No, I just flaked out. That's something I do. Dearest Brooklyn Al 23, my soul is yours and I die in ecstatic transference. For in the death of self, there is life in the new being that becomes. But on Friday, I have a mani-pedi and I made this appointment literally six months ago. How about, let's see, at this point we're talking about three weeks from now, Saturday the 27th. And I, too, would die in the light of your voice. But the 27th is my weekend with the kids. Tell you what, I've got an opening next year on February 3rd. How's that? You are the spirit of madness and abandon. Sure, February 3rd works. Then some day, in a far and fair future, we shall meet in the West Village, and we shall open our hearts and become like the ages and not eat fish, because I am allergic to fish. The final edition Radio Hour is at IHOP today to investigate a little-known gastronomic miracle, maple syrup. To help me today are two young ladies who love maple syrup, June and Jane. Hi! June and Jane are dressed in furry woolen items against the freezing weather, which, ironically, makes them look very hot. <gasps> Sexist. Pug. June. Jane. We all love a stack of pancakes from IHOP slathered with maple syrup. But where does maple syrup come from? China, McDonald's, bottles? Nope. Bees, corn, maple syrup wells? Nice try, but nope again. Maple syrup comes from maple trees. Maple syrup is the blood of trees. Ew! Maple blood is called sap. Every spring, men go out in the woods and drill holes in maple trees. Sick. That tree is screaming right now. Then they hammer a wooden tap into each hole to catch the sap. They say that's what it's for. Perverts. Excuse me, sir. What are you doing? I'm tapping sap. I'm a sap tapper. <laughs> Liar. You fuck trees. I've been tapping sap for 52 years. Sap tapping is crap. All it does is drip. And you don't get no respect. No means no, you prick. I bet it's underage. Yeah, they don't want to be sap tappers. I'm dying out. Good. Who needs you? Die soon. Yes, young people are turning their backs on the ancient craft of tapping sap. For generations, the children of sap tappers tapped sap. Now, they're heading for the cities, looking for careers as hedge fund managers, high-end restaurateurs, and gigolos. And that's a problem. Thanks to global warming, maples are producing more sap than ever before. But if that sap isn't tapped, this happens. 
Oh my god, that skeevy old pervert got the tree pregnant. Look at that baby bump. It's getting, like, huge. End of emergency. Sap tappers can't be found. Another maple bites the dust. Amazing. The tree is vaporized. Only a shattered stump remains. Oh, my God. I'm covered with gunk. Icky, sticky, maple syrup-colored Gonk. Ew. Ew. From New England to British Columbia, forests are beginning to sound like a war zone as untapped, sap-packed maple trees go to meet their maker. The air is packed with sap. Our chopper is slathered with maple syrup. We're going down. I'm poor now. Trees suck. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Jeff Hendrick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, Steve Rosenfield, James Mount, Rob Miller, Leah Krinsky, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, Ann Tuchel, and Darby Worley. Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour. Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Jeff Hendrick, Abby Parker, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Lank, Leslie Shapira, Kurt Weitzman, Leah Krinsky, Kate Knowles, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The final edition is produced and directed by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Lank. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition radio hour is the property of the final edition LLC. Copyright 2015.